Talk with Baxter Waterbury. Wayne McDaniels, you in the house? Oh my God. <laughs> What's up, oh. big brother? Hold on, because we're going to be on the doing, air man? in a second. I'm good, but we're going we gonna to break it all out live on the air, okay? Give me a second, okay? Okay, well, I'm going I'm to put my headphones in so I can eliminate the noise around. Great. All right. Hold tight. All right, man. All right. Okay. On the phone with me is my longtime childhood friend, Mr. Wayne McDaniels. And he's, um, believe it or not, Wayne is in Australia. And let me give you a little background on him. Special guest, Wayne McDaniel. He was born in San Francisco. The man became known as, quote, the Big Mac, unquote. He became a big star playing basketball in the National Basketball League in Australia. He played 12 seasons where he scored 7,639 points and averaged 26.5 points per game, which ranked him third in the history of the NBL. Not the NBA, but the NBL, which is big in Australia. Since hanging up the tennis shoes in 1995, Wayne has become a polished, multi-talented performer who has appeared in international motion pictures, uh, Superman Returns and the Son of Mask and a couple other ones too. He once held the position as a sports announcer for the Sydney Kings, not the Sacramento Kings, but the Sydney Australia Kings, which is a professional basketball team and has appeared in several TV commercials nationally and internationally. He's also provided uh, the voiceover for many radio ads. He has starred in several theater productions and played in as such notable venues as the Sydney Opera House, which I know I think Wayne and I we used to go to the San Francisco Opera House as kids on field trips and has excelled in acting, singing and public speaking. Wayne McDaniels, are you on the phone? I am there. Can you hear me back, sir? I can hear you good. Talk up just a little bit louder, and then you're going to be a fine. A little bit louder? Yep. A little bit louder. <laughs> thank you so much, my brother. Mission Bear Al. Al, thank you so much. And Baxter, thank you so much. This is amazing to be able to speak to you guys all the way from Sydney, Australia, the home of Andrew Bogut, about to be a brand-new Golden State Warrior. That is true. <laughs> so, Wayne. Yes, sir. How you been, man? You, you left San Francisco for a how, when did, did you leave San Francisco? Let's talk a little bit about San Francisco. We'll talk about yeah. your history and what took you to Australia. Great. Okay, so you know me and you, high school uh, competitors, you at Mission, me and John O'Connell, uh, all city, all that. You know, I was the leading scorer in the league uh, in the in the AAA. Went to City College of San Francisco two years there. Then I went to Cal State Bakersfield. I went, to, so I did two years at City, two years at Cal State Bakersfield, and then I got an offer. I didn't get drafted, 
I got an offer to play in Tel Aviv, in Israel. I got an offer to play in Manila, in the Philippines. And I got an offer to play in Australia. And I took the offer to come to Australia to play. And I arrived in Australia January 3rd, 1983. And it was 103 degrees the day I arrived. Wow. 103 degrees the day I arrived. And I went straight from the airport to a stadium to coach 160 kids in a stadium, straight out of customs, straight into the stadium, coaching these young Australian kids um, just an hour off my flight into, into Australia. Okay. Now, you're in Australia. You did have yep. a fantastic um, professional career. Uh, yep. Started a family. Um, Australia's home, although we like yep. to see you more here in the United States. But, you know, Absolutely. you know, Wayne, um, and you've been listening to Money Talks. We've been doing it for a couple years now, um, actually Love three it. years now. And you Love hear it. us talk about the Penny Challenge. You hear me uh, speak about money. And, you know, as I yep. know, money is never the reason. Money is just an excuse, you know, to, to have dialogue, especially with a, a, a culture or a community that thinks that money is everything and you know right. as well as I know, it's not. Actually, money is in last place. Money doesn't lead. Money follows. But because Absolutely. I'm bold enough to have money it. Is just a, money is just a byproduct of your mindset. That's all it is. It's just a residue. It's just the, it's just the residue of your mindset. That's all it is, Max. That's all it is, man. That's what I've come to. I've come to when I first came to Australia, check this out. My first year in Australia. I made, this was my gross income for the entire year, 5000 Australian dollars. Wow. 5000 That was my gross, not my net, my gross wow. income. So I, gr man, Baxter, that first year was tough. I grind, man. I just grind. I sold garden fertilizer door-to-door -door in a city called Adelaide, which is in South Australia. I sold carpet. I sold women's shoes. I did whatever I needed to do to stay afloat, and I'm glad I did because it, it, it came good. But that first year was, taught me a lot of lessons about money and why, you know, why money is what it is and what you do with money and how money is not about you. Money is about, as you said, that word, community. Here's the words I like to connect with community. So it's community. Money is about the, the flow of abundance of community connection and collaboration. That's what money is to me. You said community, collection, connection, connection and collaboration. And collaboration. Okay. The three C's. That's what money means to me, man. That's what I've come to understand. The power, the real power of money is not about accumulation for self, accumulation for you, grandiose um you know, displays of, of, of opulence, money is about connection. First and foremost, 100%. This is the biggest lesson, one of the biggest lessons I've learned being in Australia for all these years, man. Money is about connection. It's about community. It's about collaboration. I can throw another C word in there, too, that creativity. Creativity. Okay, for the uh, listeners who may have just come yep. in, repeat those four C's one more time. Money equals equals 
Community first, 100%. You have to be able to connect to the wider sphere, your wider hemisphere of influence, if you like. Community, connection, collaboration, big, and creativity. Those four, powerful. If you can think of money in those four, you know, um, there's a powerful book written years ago called The Four Agreements. Those are my four agreements on money. Those four C words right there. That's big, Wayne. And I thank you for sharing that. Now, not a problem. You let's talk about your routine, because I watch you as you do the same. And I know that you you're 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 very spiritual and you're serious about um, your affirmations. Let's talk about how big are affirmations? How how important is it to write it down and then repeat it to yourself? Oh, my God, Bax, we could be here another two hours, my brother. (laughs) Affirmations are like, okay, just to give you a little bit of background on how I came to affirmations. In night, way, way back in 1987, 86, 87, I did this business seminar with uh, this this, um, American personal development trainer called Louis Tice. Right? And you can look him up. He's passed now, rest in peace. But he had this company called the Pacific Institute. When I was playing ball up in Newcastle, which is about an hour and a half drive north of Sydney, they did a seminar with his information and his materials talking about the power of self-talk, why you need to capture what you think about and what you say to yourself, how to write affirmations, what affirmations are, how to visualize affirmations. Right, So that gave me the... How can I say that gave me the groundwork that laid the foundation for me to move into why and and, and using how powerful affirmations are when you use affirmations. So in basketball, in theater, in acting, in all the other all the other spheres that I've moved in, I've used affirmations powerfully and they've grown. How I've used affirmations have grown over the years, over the, you know, the decades they've grown. Now I realize that affirmations need to be personal, positive, and present tense. Those three P's, right? We're talking all these, you know, these letters, these C's, and now the P's. Personal, positive, present tense. I can affirm only for myself. I can't affirm for my, my closest friend. I can't affirm for my family members. I can't affirm for my, my loved one. I can't. As much as I would love to, I can't. It's my vibration, my energy that I'm responsible for 100%, right? So when I write an affirmation, just to give you a basic example, I love listening, right? How simple is that? Now, how many, how many relationships and partnerships could do with more listening and understanding, right? So there's an affirmation for you. I love listening, personal, positive, and present tense. So say with you and your partner, the communication breakdown may not be as good as it was years ago. Your affirmation is, I love listening to my partner. So where you would jump in with your opinion, you would jump in with your idea before she finished her sentence or whatever it may be, you then feel the power. You would feel the joy. You would feel the gratitude of being able to step back and listen to your partner. Let her, let her just spill what she's spilling. You don't judge her. You don't give her conditions. You simply... Listen without trying to respond, and you feel the joy that comes from seeing her, right? The joy comes from 
seeing your partner be able to express themselves fully with no interruption, with no judgment, with no condition. That's one powerful affirmation I think all of your listeners could do with. Absolutely, 100%. Personal yes. development. Um, I have been um, spending time on that as it relates to the conversation and the topic at hand, which is money, which is investing, which is real estate. And 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 like I said, money never leads. None of us are greedy, but we understand principles that's associated with personal development also can transform. Wayne, you being a former great athlete, you know, we learn to. Push to where it hurts and then push past the hurt and go into the burn. Am I correct? Absolutely. 100%. So with that being said, the same thing, we when we when we transition, and I, I love this about you because you transition from professional athlete and you use those same talents and the same skill, that same get up early, work hard, that same determination and will to rebrand yourself and reaffirm that I'm more than an athlete. Talk about Absolutely. that part of personal development. How did you how did you go from one career into the next and stay positive and progressive as it pertains to personal development? Mind, thoughts, controlling what you think about, controlling your self-talk, everything, Baxter, every everything that you could ever understand about personal development comes down to this central idea which is powerful, it's universal, it's like gravity, it will never fail you. You need to control what you think about. What you say to yourself is your reality in manifestation. What you say to yourself. So when I learned how to control my self-talk and, and began to chip away using affirmations, using visualizations, to chip away at a mindset I had that was, um, you know, growing up in San Francisco in Hunter's Point, I had a mindset of lack, limitation, um, you can't, don't try this, you're not good enough. And so basketball was a, was, a, was a powerful tool to get me out of that mindset. But then you reach another level, you reach another threshold. And so you say, okay, well, where, where are my real talents at? I've always loved acting. I've always loved drama. I was always the class clown. I was always the one that, you know, capped. When we used to, back in the day, we used to say, oh, he caps on him. I was the one who would always cap on somebody else. So yep. drama, yep, drama. Between you and Skillet. I knew I would come, yeah, I knew I would always come back to it. But how I came back to it would depend on my mindset. So my mindset of using affirmations and visualizations, all the movie roles I've done, all the theater productions I've done here in Sydney, all have been facilitated by a positive mindset that said, I can do, I see myself doing it, I feel myself doing it, and the repetition of that, the program of repetition of that. Many people can, can do affirmations and visualize, and then, they, and then they go a month and they don't do it, and then they wonder why they don't get the results. You get the results by the consistent, just like an athlete training, practicing, a form, you know, of your shooting, you get the results by the repetition of the activity, of the technique. The repetition is what actually makes the imprint on your subconscious mind. And once it's imprinted on your subconscious mind, game over. You are that new reality. You are that new person. You are that new condition. You are that new possibility. 
and everything else opens up from that. Jay-Z, Jay-Z, has a, Jay-Z has a powerful quote where he says he always believed he could speak it into existence. One, it's one thing to think a positive thought, and that's powerful. That's electrical. It's an electrical signal that's very powerful in your brain, right? Your mind is the activity of your brain. So you think a positive thought. That's great. But it's limited. You say, you speak a positive thought or an idea or possibility verbally, audibly, speak it out. That is a whole nother level. That's a whole nother level. We're talking about going from a a broken down Volkswagen to a a brand new Bugatti, right? It's a totally different level of vibration, right? That's what we're talking about. We're talking about levels of vibration. And when you speak your positive affirmation, and this is what I've this is what I've only recently started to get into, guys, is this mirror work. Louise Hay talks about this, um, rest of soul, what a legend she was. She talks about this in, her, in some of her books about mirror work. When you do your affirmations, doing them in front of the mirror and speaking the affirmation to yourself, that is so spiritual. That is ridiculously spiritual. It's not Christian. I mean, it is Christian, but it transcends religion. It goes beyond, uh, you know, a man-made concept of religion. It's spiritual because what was in the beginning? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word is with you. So when you speak that Word, you have manifested the ultimate level of power by speak. That's where the word abracadabra comes from, speaking your desire, your reality, your intention into this field that surrounds us, right? This whatever you want to call it, the ether, the field of possibility, as Deepak Chopra calls it, whatever it is, that vibration that extends out from us is what creates our physical reality. And if you speak your intention into that consistently with feeling, you can't help but manifest your deepest desire. You can't help it. It's law. As a man thinketh in his heart. And now when you, when, here's the thing that people flip, right? When you speak in your heart, you're not speaking from your mind, from your brain, from your intellect, from your rational mind. You're speaking from your heart, which means, check it out, you're speaking from your subconscious. That's infinitely more powerful than your conscious mind, right? Your conscious mind is the director. Your subconscious is the womb of creation. That's where it all happens. That's where all the fertile ground is. So when you, when the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, as a man thinketh in his subconscious mind, that's a translation, so is he, right? Be renewed by the, tra- by, be renewed by the transforming of your mind. That is where the, that's where the nectar is. The Bible is littered with, with, you know, the power of the mind. I want to pose a question. Because this is Money Talks, and my goal is to move people from zero to heroes financially, whatever that might be. You get what I'm saying? Because everyone has to have their own number. But, Wayne. Yes, sir. Can an individual just say, I want to be rich? 
or must Absolutely. they add, or must they add a number to it? See, when you say you want to be rich, that's vague because you know being rich could be just be a shoe shine. It could be anything, yeah. but as it pertains to money, if a person is really saying, I want to be monetarily rich and you're speaking yeah. it in faith, do you have to have a number and written down? Here's the thing that for me, for me, it all comes down to your mindset. It all comes down to this. What is your self image currently right now? As you speak that affirmation. Now, some people may, some people can say, okay, look, I want to be worth $3 million, right? But they have a self-image and a mindset that may be at $100,000. Mm-hmm. So, so what happens is when they do get over that mark, over that psychological barrier of $100,000, guess what happens? They'll lose it. They'll invest it wrong. They'll, they'll whatever may happen, right? And this is, this is a complex that we have of people who become instantly wealthy, win the lottery, what happens a year from now? They lose a lot because their mindset is not set at dealing with that kind of abundance, right? Don't look at it as, don't look at it as a monetary thing. Look at it as abundance. A lot of people don't have that mindset of complete and absolute abundance. Now, if you do, if you do have that unlimited mindset of abundance, then, you know, that $3 million, whatever, it may not be a stretch for you. It may be, okay, I can get that. Here's systematically how I'm going to do that. 200,000 here, 200,000 there, 200,000 here, and you build it up. It's a step-by-step process. But it, again, it all comes down to your self-image, which is a direct correlation, right? There's a symbiotic relationship between your self-image and your mindset. It's like two sides of the same coin. Your self-image informs your mindset, which then informs your self-image, and then when it's back and forth all the time. They're always working it's like yin and yang. They're always going back at each other, back and forth, informing each other. So the, as long as the self-image can handle the number, right, the figure, as long as you don't look at the figure and go, oh, oh, I'd love to do that, but also, you know, look, I, 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 you know, you know, I messed that up last year, and then, and you know, that went wrong, and da 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 da. da. You're never going to get it. But if you can look at that number and say, well, look, you know what? I had success here. I think if I can build on this, this can lead to that, and I can believe myself getting here, and I can connect with this. You know what I mean? You can build that momentum of, of, of assumption, as Neville Goddard talks about it, the power of assumption. Once you can build that level of assumption and be consistent with it, you've set the platform. You've set the table. Faith. Here's the thing, here's the thing, Zach. Faith is feeling. Faith is feeling. So when you say faith to faith in an actual physical reality, what you're actually saying is feeling to feeling. If I can feel the feeling of being that $100,000, multi-million, if you can feel that, and the thing is when you're using affirmations and visualization, if it feels natural, organic, effortless. It's not a strain. It's not a, it's not a, a, you know, I'm not beating myself up against a brick wall. It's easy. I see it as easy. It can come. It's already here. It's effortless. It's free flowing. If it feels organic like that, you're home, you're way home, right? So Jim Carrey on Mulholland Drive, visualizing himself with a $10 million check. It's a universal video. You can watch it on Oprah. It's amazing. Right. 
$10 million for services rendered. He visual. He says, I can't. He says, you can visualize, but then you can't just go eat a sandwich. You got to visualize and be consistent with repetition. He, he basically built his self-image up to the movie Dumb and Dumber, and he visualized his self-image elevating to that $10 million level. Money is just a residual effect. If you focus on the money, it's going to be such a slog. It's going to be so hard. You're going to burn yourself out. You're mentally not going to be you know, able to enjoy it the way you should. It's the power you were led when you were at San Jose State. You were led by an inner fire, an inner vision, an inner calling, right? And, you're, and that calling is to be, as I see it and hear it from you, to be creative in how you collaborate with money, with finance, with abundance, with, you know, however you want to describe it. And, and I think that, that's like the first and foremost area to begin with is the creativity of it. Money, the, the physical paper of money is just a representation of a level of energy that the collective have agreed upon. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just, it's just an agreed upon level of energy. A dollar bill is a different energy than a hundred dollar bill. A stack of hundred dollar bills is a different energy than, you know, 10 stacks of hundred dollars. You know what I mean? They're all just levels of energy. For me, that's how I've looked at it. And I think when you see money in the broader picture, in the broader picture of prosperity, abundance, money then doesn't have this big kind of overwhelming energy for people it's like oh my god i got bills to pay and I, and i got this and i'm in debt here and i gotta pay you know what i mean money then doesn't become this kind of dark cloud over people where it's like oh my god everything is everything is about paying a bill everything is about getting out of debt and and all that's real and i'm not trying to dismiss the everyday reality of people but i think it's really important and this has helped me enormously to see money to see abundance everywhere man like you go to a cbd i go into the city of sydney and you see all these buildings right you see these high-rise buildings you see the center point tower you go to san francisco you see you know the chase center you see abundance and money is all around us all the time it's all in and outside of us it's within us and it's outside of us all the time right so i think it's really important to set up of a mindset of abundance and prosperity. And then it's like, once you've, once you've set and laid that groundwork, then you can get into the more specific kind of visions and intentions about, you know, dollars and specific dollars and specific things and certain, you know, conditions and certain. But I think it's really important for a lot of people to just, and this, is, this goes to a spiritual sensibility, to see money as just a part of abundance, prosperity, growth, if you like, right? You know, I mean, I think because ultimately that's what it is. What does every goal come down to? Every goal you can have, whether it's money, health, uh, relationships, whatever it is. Think about this now. Every goal, if you keep reducing that goal down to its finite point, comes down to one thing. We want to feel 
good. That's it. That's it. Right? Right. So you buy the brand new you buy the brand, the brand new Bugatti, it's not so much about showing it off to other people. You want to feel good sitting in this beautiful luxury well-crafted piece of engineering, right? It's the feeling that we want. It's not the thing in and of itself. It's not the, the, the experience is the feeling. It's the feeling within the experience that we want. So I think it's really important to understand that whatever goal we have, it always comes down to how does it make us feel? How does it make you feel to be able to pay off a 200000 300000 whatever debt it is? How would that feel for you? Right. You know what I mean? Like right. it's that feeling that's the ultimate goal that we're going for with any goal, with any aspiration, with any, any intention to change an area or part of our life. It's what that feeling would make us feel like. And if it's, if it's to do with other people, if it's to do with service, and purpose, how would that make us feel with a group of people saying, look, I really appreciate how you've given us this information, and it's, I've applied it, it's changed my life. That's the ultimate goal. That's the raising of consciousness on the planet, is to then empower someone else with information that they can apply to their everyday life that will elevate them to a new level of consciousness. That's it. That's the whole game right there. To be poor, to be in poverty, as well as to be rich in prosperity, it's all a state of mind. Be it rich or poor, sad or indifferent, that he's any better than God. So if the heavens and earth was created in six days and he rested on the seven, if he said, let there be light, he said, let there be light. That said was an affirmation. What right does man or one man have to not say or speak into existence what they too desire?